Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 115 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How the heck are you, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, I just had uh, like three cups of coffee here, and uh, we watched some Survivor, but yeah, you. Uh, when we were doing our pre-recording, you mentioned that this is the three-year anniversary of this podcast. How insane is that? So we posted our first episode on May 18th. 2018 our humble gaming beginnings episode one of otaku bros where the only microphone that was being picked up was ryan's snowball mic on the other side of your dining room table in your old apartment and with a very squeaky table and just like horrible i was like in a cave we're in a cave yeah it was gross (laughs) i mean as the episode title you know kind of says our humble gaming beginnings it was our humble Podcast, podcast beginnings yeah. too you know because audio quality was shit and uh it was just kind of a mess of a time we didn't really come into our own i think for like maybe a couple dozen episodes but yeah every once in a while when you're listening to like older episodes you're like hey listen how bad our audio quality was on the first one and then we sit there and listen we're like whew sorry guys because <laughs> like, there's certain definitely improved there's certain topics that will come up in the discord or just you know, there's anniversaries of Star Wars movies or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if my opinions, opinions on things have changed. And I'll go back and listen to like 20, 30 minutes of an older episode of ours. And it's like, my goodness, not only were we so low energy in those early episodes. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, the audio quality wasn't super great. And uh, we definitely restricted ourselves from being our full selves. If that makes sense. Yeah. Until we went explicit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was... When was that? Because it was pretty early on after you started censoring us and like we couldn't swear and we had to be friendly. It might have been 20s or 30s. Okay, could it was even, pretty early on. Could have even been long before that or long after that. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So we let our uh, true color show. <laughs> Certainly yours, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, like I said at the top of the show. Over here is my brother-in-law, Ryan. We talk about video games. We talk about movies. We talk about whatever the heck we want to because this is a pretty free-form show, and we kind of want it to be just conversational. It's just me and Ryan in this hot box of a room Ooh. sweating our butts off, and uh, we have a pretty chill agenda today for all you fine people. We don't really have a segment planned for this show, but we what we are going to do is tease our uh, our next segment. Like we were talking about in earlier episodes, Ryan and I sat down a couple weeks ago and just really went back to the drawing board of how can we mix things up, uh, add some spice and flavor to the show with some new segments. And we've started to do some of those with the Memory of Melody segment. But uh, next week, we're going to do something super fun that I'm pretty pumped about. So stay tuned for that. We'll tease that at the end of the show. Uh, I had some... Well, at least one really crazy thing happened yesterday, not really directly impacting me, but just witnessing it was certainly uh, pretty emotionally and mentally scarring, if you will. So we'll get to that. And uh, I played some games this week. I don't think Ryan did, but he certainly watched some pretty good movies. Yeah, and that'll probably be one of our main topics for this uh, this show. Yeah. So. And then, of course, as we always do, uh, or more recently, if we do have some time in the back half of the show and we're cutting it short after we get through all of that stuff, we might throw some supertheticals in there to kind of, again, mix things up, make you laugh a little bit. Those are always a good time. But uh, 
Ryan, how, how was your week, man? It was good. Yeah. I mean, pretty uneventful. Uh, I'm trying to get here into my notes. Well, I started off the week uh, Monday. I actually took a half day, and I went and got my first shot. Oh, did you? Good for you, man. Yes. And I was surprised how like uniform it all was. Mm-hmm. It, it was pretty structured, which is cool. It was in and out. Um, did the 15 minutes of waiting, nothing really going on, and then went home and, yeah. So. Did you get Moderna or? Oh, God. Pfizer? Pfizer, I okay. think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any pain the next day in your arm? Yeah, my arm. I mean, I did a shoulder day that evening. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got this. You That's know. really smart. Um, no, it was just mainly fatigue. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. Has the tail started growing yet? Dude. I've got two tails, so oh, right. I'm super lucky. I'm hoping second shot just it wings. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> I can fly out of my second shot. <laughs> nice. Yeah, here's so. hoping, man. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Um, yeah, so let's see. I didn't really do too much. I, I finished Castle Castlevania season four. Oh, nice. The last season, um, similar to Holy Hand Grenade. Um, in the Discord. I think his name's Ben in real life, but yes. Or Holy Hand Grenade, Ben. Uh, yeah, I, season three as its own kind of ended, or it wasn't as crazy as the first two seasons. There, As far as the arcs go, you have season one and two being the first kind of main plot arc, and then two through four is the second main arc. So having the seasons released just three as itself you kind of are halfway through the arc and it's not as satisfying, but as you go through four and you can see how much buildup in three has been done, it makes it more satisfying to see the overall picture. Nice. Um, as far as the overall ending, it was crazy. Um, graphical style is amazing. Fighting, they up their ante. Um, everything with magic is so well done and so unique per fight. Definitely a good series to watch. I think they're ending with season four. Oh, are they? It's the way they end it. It wouldn't be, they wouldn't have the ability to go off and do a huge new plot line mm-hmm. with how it ended. It ended pretty, um, it wrapped all, tied all the bows, all the knots or whatever the phrase is. So. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they tied stuff up. Mm-hmm. So definitely worth watching. Um, as far as the Bad Batch... Well, hold on, hold on. So, did you... Um, is this in any way come close to rivaling, like, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for you? Anything like that? It's hard... Because you've watched Castlevania the first three seasons, like, seven times. Yeah. Close to that. <laughs> it's... Quality-wise, it's up there. Um, I'd still say Full Metal Alchemist is my favorite. It sounds like the writing in Castlevania is a lot wittier, a lot yeah, funnier. Yeah, it, it's funnier and it's more gruesome. Okay. Um, I think the first episode you see people being ripped apart. Like, they don't pull punches when it okay. comes to the violence. Um, so, yeah, if you don't like gore, you're not going to like Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I love the characters, the three main cast in Castlevania uh, definitely great humor, but I don't know. I, I still think Full Metal Alchemist is my favorite. But okay, Castlevania's up there. Good stuff. Sure. Any, definitely um, worth watching. Any notable voice actors in Castlevania that you're aware of? Troy Baker, maybe? Um, no, the... I want to say Dracula's done by the head Hobbit the uh, in the Hobbit movies. Oh, Thorin? 
Yeah, Thor and Oakenshield. I think it's the same actor. Oh, cool. Very nice. Um, there's the girl... Oh, what's the Dexter? You know, there's that gr- foreign girlfriend. I think she's like... I've never seen Dexter, but I'm following you. Yeah. There was one of the antagonists was Dexter's girlfriend in one of the, I think, season three or two or whatever. Okay. And she's one of the main vampire, like, not princesses, general girls in season three that makes you hate her. So she's a villain in both, really. I gotcha. Besides that, I don't, not too many that I really recognized, but everything was done super well. Okay. Cool. Um, besides that, I watched The Bad Batch. I think I talked about it maybe two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Plus. I, the first episode was like an hour, and now each episode's like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it didn't catch my interest. Imagine Clone Wars dropping a singular episode no, every week. No, no. this is a, you drop a season. Yeah, it is. Um so the second they started dropping that type of bullshit where it's like, oh, hey, we're going to give you 25-minute episodes, five minutes of uh, text scroll for everyone who worked on this, and then like 20 minutes of episode. It's like, you don't get enough plot. If I had to watch a singular episode of Clone Wars, I would have quit a long time ago. Well, and that's why when, you know, when I watched it in college, <laughs> I had all seven seasons that I could binge because so many episodes are inconsequential to the main plot line. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of shows. I mean, you know, even looking back when stuff like Lost and Buffy, when there was like 20, 24 episodes a season, a lot of times there were just... Supernatural? Ep- Supernatural is another. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 15 seasons. There's so much fluff. Yes. Right? And same thing with The Bad Batch. It's just not something that's going to drive the plot forward significantly. It's certainly not in 20 minutes. You yeah. Know? You're like, I don't care about this random family on this random planet who has like cats around their house yeah it's like, i don't give a shit just tell me what happens to the main cast and especially waiting an entire week i don't know that that model it pisses me off yeah no i'm with you um, there so i stopped that one um and then let's see what else did i watch oh i started going to the gym yesterday Dude, i worked first, out yesterday and yeah. my arms feel like they're gonna fall it, off yeah it it's rough like i think within the last year i went to the gym once yeah and towards the early start of everything being shut down and this is the first time where like people are starting to not wear masks which is great um and i think in two weeks when i get my second shot i'll be and it's great because people are vaccinated and it's safer to do so yeah and in closed environments and um so i'm really excited for that so i went yesterday like around two o'clock it wasn't super busy but holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, my gym's recently changed its name, kind of rebranded itself, the one I'm still paying for. And, uh, yeah, I went in there, had sweats on, just get ready to get sweaty. And uh, similar to how hot this room is right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sweating bullets right it's, now. It's uh, like 80 degrees out here in Ohio, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um but oh, it was so nice just mm-hmm. to hurt and to sweat and just to be active again. It feels good. It's a good stress. Like this week for me, for work wise, it was pretty stressful with some of the like big meetings I had. Um, and like over the last year, you didn't have that. For me, gym is an outlet to relieve stress and just be active. So having that back is it's very nice. Good for you, man. Yeah, I'm good excited whole new man that's right take ownership of your health people yes it's good good stuff so that's about it 
Um, I think there's one last thing. I think it was announced, whether it happened last summer or it was announced this week, it was Dave Filoni getting the uh, promotion to executive creative director of LucasArts. Yes, finally, people. Yeah, it took him long enough. Um, It sounds like he's starting off strong. I think he, the rumor is, or whether it's confirmed or not, I'm not 100% sure, Um, but I think he had a meeting with the executives of Disney for the direction of the fourth trilogy. Okay. Okay. And his direction, from at least what I was reading, was he wants to go with the Old Republic. Dude, which is yes. awesome. Like, I don't. We don't need a new band of like three characters no. to follow. We got Han Solo and the gang, or Luke and the gang, or whoever Leia and the Leia. gang. And um, then we got Ray and the gang. We just want. Cool we don't need gang. a new group. We want Cole and the gang. Yeah, we want to either go to the Old Republic. I would love. I don't know if you ever watched. I think it's the MMO for Star Wars that they made. But it's the Old Republic where you have the Eternal Empire. Have you seen any of those trailers? I have those two brothers, um, both with yellow lightsabers, and one turns to the dark side. They also have a sister. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. That or where you're getting like Malak and Revan and that stuff. I love it. And you know, the, the, the unfortunate or the pathetic and sad thing about the Star Wars <laughs> fan base is that you're going to have half of them freaking out and super excited and getting nostalgic and it's a perfect opportunity for Bioware to remake similar to the Mass Effect games uh you know the KOTOR 1 and 2 and everyone's gonna be freaked. Was that, I, did they announce that yet I think they were it was rumored I mean it's been were... rumored for a decade at this point That's that that true. was gonna happen but if they end up moving forward with that Filoni has the rights to move forward with a trilogy set in the old republic you're gonna have half of the fan base freaking out their nostalgic juices are gonna be off the charts but then you're gonna have this disgruntled half of the fan base saying i want something new like no you know this is technically new i mean they decanonized it and now it's just legends but i think they re-released the original book series that came after episode six yeah Uh, they reprinted everything so i think dave filoni's direction now is to re-canonize legend and those stories are amazing oh my god but seeing them in live action would be great yeah, no, I'm, I'm. That get, gives me so much hope for the future of Star Wars. Yeah. I've already, I've already been hopeful with stuff like the Mandalorian, the Obi Wan series, the Ahsoka series coming, stuff like that. Really gets me excited that they're, especially Ahsoka. She's my favorite character in Star Wars. Yeah, Ewan McGregor is uh, my only Obi Wan. All right. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just so excited for the future. And if they go into the Old Republic, that's going to get me excited to go back to the theater and watch a Star Wars film. Yeah, and, and I, have confidence that I'm not going to walk out disappointed. Yeah, for the quality and everything that Dave's done so far with like the Mandalorian, I have hope that he'll do the lore justice. And you better um, believe he definitely it. cares about the lore. And Filoni will probably, as long as George Lucas is going to be alive, because he's in his mid 70s, consult him, give him. A, you know, not that he needs it at that point because mm-hmm. he has the rights to do whatever he wants with the story, but I'm sure he'll still get George's blessing of like, this is where I want to take these characters because this is your universe. You yeah. created this. Uh, and I just hope, and I, th- I don't think Filoni will because we already have it going on. And Mandalorian, no spoilers. Uh, spoilers at this point. I mean, it's been what a year at this point almost. Um, th- there's no need to bring in the Skywalker family anymore. You know, yeah. um, do stuff like Revan, Malik, all of that good stuff that you can pull from from Old Republic. There's no shortage of stories and characters that they can, uh, you know, 
yeah. dip into there. And I think the only other two rumors are, or I think this one's confirmed, is George Lucas fired one of the writers who was trying to make a bunch of changes to like old canon, like oh. they, in the first six movies. Um, and then the other rumor is uh, what's her face from uh, Miss M- Captain Marvel. She's going to play J- uh, Mara Jade. Oh, which would be Mandalorian or Luke's girlfriend. You mean Brie Larson? Yeah, Brie Larson. That's oh, okay. Hell so yeah. she would play Mara Jade, which is Luke. Because we got spoilers for Mandalorian season two episode, whatever the last one was. Luke comes back and we see him. And Mara Jade, I think, was originally part of the Empire as like an assassin. And then Luke and her hooked up, and I don't remember if they have kids or not. But I give think... the people what they want. Sebastian Stan, come play Luke Skywalker. Yeah. All right, this is an open offer, an open opportunity for you. I mean, with Avengers pretty much being done, mm-hmm. um, or like the main ten-year trilogy, or what quintility or whatever, whatever it's ventility <laughs> with the twenty episodes. Um, yeah. He needs a new job, and this would be perfect because he looks like him. Exactly. He does. It's, it's pretty crazy stuff. Awesome, um, dude. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, I almost watched Star Wars this week, but I had other series. You uh, did, and we'll get to on that. On the list. So we'll definitely get yeah. to that. What about your week? You had uh, something going on last, last night. Yeah, so... Uh, gosh, I don't even know how to... Because I'm still kind of decompressing and coming down from the situation, and it's something that I, I'm never going to forget. Like, it literally like is scarred into my brain um, what I witnessed yesterday. And so to kind of give you some context for what went down, where I work, we had a rotational program where someone from technology kind of came in and was a guest auditor, if you will, in our internal audit department. And he was there for about eight months. And yesterday was his last day. And so we had a going away party. And so we went downtown and we went to this really nice park and we were there playing cornhole, hanging out, having a good time, played a couple rounds of cornhole, and then everyone kind of congregated around the the picnic table and was kind of just talking and kind of conversing with one another. And the way the park is settled, just off to the left of it is a highway. Mm -hmm. And so I had my back to the road at this point, and the highway kind of comes up this ramp, and there's also... Um, you can veer off and come off the highway. What do they call that? On-ramp? Yeah, the, kind of an on-ramp to, to get off the highway. And so I'm sure everyone can relate. Either you're outside or even if you're on the highway and you hear kind of just a high-pitched screech. Mm-hmm. Someone slamming on their brakes. It's like, my gosh, someone needs to just relax, you yeah. know, calm down their driving technique. Well, we heard this high-pitched ear-grating screech and it just kept going and going and going for what seemed like 10 to 12 seconds. I'm sure it was a lot smaller than that, mm-hmm. but it felt like it just went on forever. And so naturally, everyone that wasn't looking right at the the highway turns around. I was talking to my buddy, Sean. We turn around and I just see this SUV literally airborne. And then it just tumbles and rolls and rolls in rolls like four to six times and then skids across the road so when you turned around initially was it still like going the same direction or was it already like sideways it had no it was literally like not vertical like it had already flipped started flipping yeah and so we were all just like 
holy shit. Yeah. Like, while it was happening, we just... I mean, it was... Ryan, I don't even know how to describe it without just starting to, like, shake and get kind of choked up because I'm potentially watching one person, three people, six people in this SUV lose their life in real time. Like, it felt like I was watching a Fast and the Furious film. Like, it was crazy. It looked like a stunt action going on, like a Hollywood set scene. And so, naturally, everyone in the park just started running to the scene. Like, what what, what are we going to see? What are we going to find here, you know? So we all start running over, every, you know, everyone's on their cell phone, kind of calling 911, trying to get alert someone to come and, and, and help these people if we don't know what we're going to stumble upon. Mm-hmm. So we all run over there and I see this woman getting out of what seems and appears to be the roof of the car because um, there was kind of a sunroof there. Was this car up? How did it end up landing? It was on it its side. Okay. So like the front looked completely caved in. The wheels had completely buckled underneath the car. Um, there was glass everywhere. Fluid started leaking out of the car. I mean, it was like a legitimate total car crazy ass scene. Yeah. You know, so we come up to the scene. This lady's coming out of the roof or she, yeah, she's getting out of the roof. A man jumps out of the roof as well off the top of the car, gets down. He's like a rail thin, super skinny guy. And he just looks completely out of sorts. Like he doesn't even know what just happened. And really just an act of God, like a true miracle that these people were able to get out of the car. He had what seemed like little scrapes on his knees. You could see some blood running down his leg. She had some scrapes on her arms. You could see some blood running down her shoulders. And then this is what just really got me. They reach back in the car and pull out what seems to be like a three-year-old girl. Holy crap. And then like a one-year-old girl. And these babies, these two young little kids didn't have a scratch on them. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm again, I'm still coming down from the moment because I can't get out of my head seeing the car airborne and hearing it like roll and thinking like what was going through their minds when they were in the car rolling? I mean, for them, it probably felt like a second, Yeah. you know, but as a young kid, I can't imagine ever forgetting that for the three-year-old the one-year-old probably isn't probably not gonna remember probably not gonna remember that but that three-year-old like i have memories from when i was like three or four you know you're better than i am you're like i can remember specific things it's all foggy it's vague it it almost feels dreamlike Mm -hmm. with my memories when i was that young but i still remember certain things certain scents will trigger certain memories but that right there has got to scar a kid for life you know yeah and the thing that also really broke me and I don't want to get too into the details because it's not it's not really my story to tell. It's it's not my life. These people, whatever their life situation is, it's not really for me to, to, to divulge necessarily. But um, the woman was also pregnant. And that, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I just, you don't Hopefully know. Hopefully the kid's okay. Yeah, you don't know. Um, and so, you know, obviously the police arrived, the firefighters arrived, the paramedics arrived, and... The guy, after I think the shock started to wear down a little bit, he couldn't even really get up and walk because I think he probably really busted up his legs. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they woke up. It was probably all adrenaline at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, we need to get out of the car. We need to get the kids out of the car. We need to get to safety. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and then it was just crazy because, you know, there were people, it was a park. So people were running around with their shirts off and they they took out their, you know, AirPods and said, you know, what, 
what happened here? Mm-hmm. And we told them and they were just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and then it becomes, you know, the police and everyone were assessing the situation because the guardrail along the highway was not in any way shaken up. There was, was, n- was there tire? Like the only thing I could think of is like a tire pops, they swerve sideways and then start rolling or something. I mean, I don't know was, how else you start flipping a car six times without you're trying to avoid something, turn sideways, and that momentum turns you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's I speculation know. that they were under the influence of something, and okay. not alcohol. Okay. So, um, and you you have to wonder too with the screech that again seemed like 12 seconds long. If if they were trying to reach the exit. And so they went across four lanes really fast, mm. you know, yeah. and then lost control of the vehicle because they tried to overcompensate. And then at that point, they just flew off the guardrail as if they ramped off of it or something like that. Because I know going into the city, there's a lot of like crisscrossing roads and exit ups and down. Is that kind of where you were? I mean, it's a really dangerous scene. And apparently someone who lived kind of catty corner to that exit, um, they said that at least once or twice a year, not to this extent, mm-hmm. but there's accidents all the time because people are trying to make the exit merge and it's just a really chaotic yeah. intersection there. No, I, I hate driving into the city or even out because, yeah, you it's so easy to miss the exit. I, I don't know. I couldn't work downtown for that reason. And everyone's driving like it's like they're bats out of hell. I mean, everyone is driving so fast and gets so angry if you're not driving at the same speed. And for me, like I get super anxious in those situations and I'm directionally challenged. So unless my GPS is telling me exactly where I need to go and I need to get on, you know, exit 4B, like I'm not going to know unless I'm looking at my GPS. So I'm driving super slow. I'm taking my time and and no one else wants to take their time. But that's when you have situations like this. Especially if you live down there, you're probably used to it. It's like us driving around these neighborhoods. You're like, oh, I I know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to drive. Maybe not like the same speeds, but I think my scariest experience was driving through Chicago, Mm. which is never advised, but I brought my car to Chicago and I was driving through it and everyone, the locals were so used to driving through it. And I'm just like white knuckling my steering wheel. Like you could probably see my handprints in it after. It's terrifying. Yeah. When I worked up in Toledo, I had to drive to Detroit every day or Ann Arbor. I had to drive to Michigan and uh, Detroit especially was just not a fun city to be driving through. No. Um, yeah, equally, just everyone knows how to drive there. They know exactly where they're going. And I definitely do not. And it's just it's just chaotic. It's just yeah. chaos. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what really came of that situation. Everyone seemed to be OK from what we could see. Um, but you have no idea when they run X-rays and MRIs or whatever, uh, if there was more significant damage than was apparent, you know. Yeah. Um, and those poor kids, you know, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen to them. I assume they went to, uh, the children's hospital in the, in the city and, and the parents went to an actual hospital there. Um, but man, it was just a horrific scene, not the way I wanted to end, uh, uh, Ethan, you know, the rotational person's time and, and certainly not the way I wanted to kickstart my weekend. But, um, fortunately or unfortunately, I, you know, I came home, stopped at the gas station, grabbed a 12 pack of beer. Cause I'm just like, I, I need to take off the edge a little bit after seeing something like that. And so I was getting home just as my neighbor was getting home. And 
he was like, hey, man, what's going on? What's your plans for the weekend? And I, I walked him through the whole situation. And he was just like, dude, that's absolutely crazy. Um, and I do want to also do a public apology because I was supposed to record stuff with the Tarkron guys last night, but I was just, I'm, I was, I was not in a place to have a podcast recording yeah. last night. So I was just like, I, guys, I love you, but I can't, I can't do this right now. Um, and they're obviously, they're two great dudes, very gracious and, um, yep. understanding. So we, we postponed the recording, but, um, yeah. So last night, you know, my, my neighbors were just like, well, if you're just gonna be on your deck, you know, having a couple of beers, then we can come over and we can, or, you know, you can come over here. We're going to be grilling stuff out. We can just hang out. So what ended up being like two people, um, you know, I walked outside with scoop and two of my other neighbors were sitting there having drinks with their dogs and everyone's vaccinated at this point. So it was one of those things where it was one of the first situations where I felt super comfortable to be around a bunch of people, not wearing masks, just feeling comfortable about like, wow, so this is what, you know, some sense of normalcy feels like. Yeah. Your first introduction to uh cul-de-sac life. Exactly. That too. <laughs> and just like neighborhood hangouts. And so, um, they were kind of curious about my deck because we had some trees removed that were growing through the deck. And so I said, guys, just, just hop the fence, come over, just come through the fence here and, uh, just see it. So someone was like, well, I got to go get a beer and I got to go get this. So we'll be back in five minutes. And I said, okay. So I went back inside. I got another beer. I came outside and, uh, one of the ladies, Barb, she's probably like in her early sixties. Okay. She comes over, uh, with a couple of my other neighbors that are a little bit younger and she had a $200, $200 bottle of bourbon. And she's like, you got glasses? And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, I got glasses. <laughs> I was like, Barb, let's do it. So we went inside and Lauren was at your parents helping them pack because they're going on a trip to Maine this week. So then Lauren comes home to a, a glass of bourbon and five neighbors in our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all just kind of hung out and talked and chatted. I had a couple records going. And it just felt so good to just be around people again. Yeah, you know, for sure. Very refreshing. And uh, one of the girls, she lives in the condos right behind us. We got to talking about music and everything like that. And she's just traveled the world. She worked in New Zealand for a while. She um, she lived in England for a few years. And so she was talking about when she was wrapping up her college degree. And she was like, yeah, so I lived in London for two years. And I was like, London, Ohio or like London, England, <laughs> London, London, <laughs> and she's like London, England. And so she's like, when, when I was there, I was really into going into these underground kind of bars where they had up and coming musicians kind of trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. And she was like, I dated the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, Oh, cool. I was like, well, did you ever meet anyone like noteworthy that like mm-hmm. I would know? She's like, yeah. Um, that one guy, uh, Chris something that's in Coldplay and I'm like oh you mean like Chris Martin the guy that I worship every night before I go to bed <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you want to see my shrine yeah. in my game room <laughs> she's like yeah we sat down and just had a couple beers and um, like obviously years ago when he was recording some of his his first music and he gave me a, a bunch of demos like a whole handful of them he signed all of them I gave a few to my brother and I think <laughs> dude <laughs> And your night must have been made. So she, yeah, she's like, you know, he signed a couple of them. I gave them to my brothers and said like, hey, listen to Chris Martin. He's going to be huge someday. And the brothers now are like huge Coldplay fans or yeah. whatever. And she's like, I think I still have a couple of those tapes laying around. So if I can, I'll find you one. And I'm like, please, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want my dog? Seriously. Like, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Scooby's for sale. But um, 
Yeah, it was just so wild to hear her talk about that and then, like, me put on a Coldplay record and I'm like, just, yeah. If, if you have early unreleased recordings from Chris Martin, like, that would be the... It would outdo anything in this game room in terms of, like... Oh, for sure. ...cherished possession. Like, that would be, oh my gosh, incredible. Wow. That was a very eventful day you had yesterday. It was, It yeah. went from bad to recovering quick yeah and so i needed something but yeah they were over until like 11 and then they ended up leaving and lauren and i just put on a couple other records and just continued to have a couple drinks and um i woke up not feeling super well and i'm a little groggy this morning (laughs) but uh it was definitely worth worth it 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 was definitely worth it it was a good night so um a little chaotic start to my weekend but now it's off to a little bit better and uh a little unfortunate my sister's actually going out of town with my dad to celebrate her 30th birthday so I have to spend the week at my dad's place Yes, watching her dog, and uh, Lauren is staying here holding the fort down at the house with Scoob, and so it's not going to be fun to be away from her for a week, but um, my sister's dog is such a sweetheart. He's a big old pit bull, but he's definitely just a, a big old bundle of love. So Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to spending a week with him. I'll bring the PS5 and... Um, Maybe the Switch or something like that. Just play some games and watch some movies. But uh, it's not going to be fun to be away from Lauren or the game room or, or Scoob. Yeah, in that no, order. I feel that. I'm, I'm watching the parents' house, so I'll probably be over there this week throwing parties. I think Ben and I are going to cook out, grill out fish nice. tomorrow over there. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Cool. So, hate a grim for me. I definitely will. I definitely will. But with 30 minutes or nearly 33 minutes of opening talk story time, Ryan... We can probably get into the games that we've been playing recently. Yeah, what have you been playing? So, a little more of the same that I talked about last week. So, I played a little bit more Avengers, and I think it opens really strong Yeah. when you get to kind of play as a number of the different Avengers, and there's the big explosion on the San Francisco Bridge. But after that, it kind of really kind of starts to slow down a bit. Yeah. You play as, I think, Kamala, Kamala Khan, who is Miss Marvel. Yeah, that sounds right. And you kind of go on a number of different quests with the different Avengers playing as her. Uh, and you can kind of swap between characters. So right now I'm kind of like trying to find this facility out in like Antarctica or something. And I'm as playing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm playing as the Hulk and Miss um, Marvel. But it, I think it's one of those games that if I'm going to actually finish playing it all the way through, I prefer to do it co-op with you, actually. Yeah. Um, okay. So if it's something you'd be interested in getting... You can pick it up for 20 bucks on PS5. It actually makes use of the, the PS5 DualSense in a really neat way. Really? A lot of haptic feedback, a lot of resistance to the triggers, which is fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's something that, you know, leading up between now and Ratchet and Clank, if if you're not going to be playing any video games or nothing sounds good, maybe pick up Avengers and we can play some co-op. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, it, from what I've heard, it becomes really linear. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the first Hulk level is you just going down a bridge, and I think that was part of the demo. Yeah. Um. They throttled the XP. Um, From what I heard, the end game is good when you have all the characters' abilities and stuff, but getting there is the grindy part, Mm -hmm. and they throttled that as they released the Hawkeye um, DLC. Okay, yeah. So it used to be good, and then they, as they released more content, they slowed everything down, Um, so it's a lot more grind, but... Yeah, I mean, besides, have you run into any glitches or anything? Huh. No, it's run really smooth, especially with the, the PS5 patch. Uh, smooth 60 frames, graphically it looks really great. Uh, yeah, I haven't had any issues so far. Cool. 
cool. So yeah, um, kind of just slowly making my progress through that. It's not one of those things where I'm losing sleep, wanting to play more. It's one of those things that it, it kind of almost, a game. yeah, it, it almost feels like a chore to play, but it's, it's complimentary to a podcast or a Twitch stream that I'm tuning into. So, okay. Yeah. I think my main issue with that is you get armor upgrades and it's a very subtle, like plus one armor or plus one attack. There's no change to your character. Like if you were to get Thor's armor and you get like a new helmet and it looks different, uh, that would be cool. Or new armor pieces. <sighs> yeah. Similar to like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Or, you it, know, just look at Kratos. Like the armor and new sets that he gets. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no. Like the issue with Valhalla was it said like an increased percentage, but it doesn't give you like actual statistics that you can see the change points. Mm. It doesn't have to be the extent to like Monster Hunter. Here's like your specific, here's three pages of your statistics on your character. But like a little bit more... Your armor changes the look, and yeah, I don't well, know. And I know End some of the fan shit. base though would be like, "But no, it's it's Iron Man, it's Captain America. You can't deviate from their comic book superhero look." And Iron it's Man like, has like fucking forty iterations of his suit yeah, from like the first movie. Yeah, I would counter that and say, "No, I think that would make it that much better if you could kind of customize the suit to look like your Iron Man." Yeah, and Not- they're going off of. Um, was it Destiny, that model? Mm. And Destiny, as you get upgrades, your armor changes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not going to speak to that. So, but. yeah, I, I don't know. These loot games with, like, end game shit, like Anthem, they stopped doing that one last year. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be the 10-year game of, like, here's our roadmap to, like, games of as a service. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sucks. That, but but um, you'd think with Square Enix they would. Yeah. I've it out. Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's pretty fun, but even the menu system and, and upgrading stuff, like putting on new armor sets, it's not very user-friendly at all. Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem intuitive to me. Okay. Um, but And you think nowadays, like, it's it's been done so well for so many years with, with stuff like, you know, Skyrim or uh, the many other, you know, Western RPGs, menu systems and equipping things that it'd be pretty streamlined at this point. You know, yeah. but I, I feel like in Avengers, it just doesn't feel like that at all. But uh, it is what it is. Again, it's a pretty fun game and I can't complain because I didn't buy it for 60 bucks day one. Like yeah. a lot of people did and were heavily disappointed. I think with all of the updates, all of the effort that's gone into this game post launch, it's very playable. And I think for fans of Marvel and the Avengers, it's a pretty fun game, if not a little monotonous at times. OK, so cool. Uh, the other game that I actually did end up finishing was the Elder Scrolls Jank clone, or the Elder Scrolls Six demo, if you will, Raven Sword Shadowlands. So did it live up to all your expectations? It absolutely did, and I actually didn't know that it was a mobile game, and mm-hmm. that totally makes sense now that they basically took an iOS game meant to be played on an iPad or an iPhone and basically stretched everything out and Dude, threw it gross. on like a... 60 yeah. inch screen TV for PlayStation 4 and 5. So, totally get why it's a little bit jank. But I think this is a really great Elder Scrolls like experience to be playing on your your iPad. Yeah. And if you're someone like me that so easily looks past the faults of you know jankness in games, certainly stuff in Dark Souls, we see it always in early launches of Fallout and Elder Scrolls games. Like if that doesn't bother you, and you're just looking for a fun open world game to explore with literally like three to four side quests and you know a main story that takes you two to three hours to play raven sword shadowlands yeah raven sword shadowlands is a pretty competent elder scrolls like experience if not uh a little elementary okay so 
similar to Oblivion's, because it's kind of like Oblivion with that center town. Yeah, it, um, it very much, it borrows heavily aesthetically and quest-wise with, like, literally the final boss, you walk into a portal as the main king dies and says, avenge my death, be the new king, rise to be the man you were meant to be, or whatever. Okay, so it's not like a giant, like, mage who turns into, like, a like a hundred-foot demon like it was in Oblivion? He's basically like that. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. like a giant griffin in the sky or something that you have to shoot down with the raven sword. The raven sword. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just by going through the game and a couple side quests, you uh, end up getting a platinum trophy. Cool. So That's the main goal of games. <laughs> yeah. So I'll read my beat tweet. I haven't posted it yet, but what, what I said here in 240 characters or less, hungry for more Skyrim? Look no further than Raven Sword Shadowlands. Atmospheric soundtrack, varied, envi- varied environments where you'll fight goblins, yetis, and even dinosaurs. There's quite a bit of jank, but nothing game-breaking. A fun five-hour adventure. Nice. So, Raven Sword Shadowlands, you can pick it up for like five or six bucks or something like that. Uh, check it out. A dollar an hour. That's yeah, all you need. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I if you're looking for a game like Skyrim that isn't that game, I would recommend getting Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning or something like that. But uh, if you've already played that and you're hungry for more, Raven Sword. So what's your, I don't know if you look at games like this, but probably not. What's your minimum dollars per hour that you would pay for a game? So like Skyrim, I've played that for like 500 hours. So the, I mean, I bought it four times. Mm -hmm. So it's like 50 cents an hour, which is great. I think my cutoff is closer to a dollar an hour. Yeah, I don't. It's the age-old question, right? Especially as prices continue to rise for games, or at least this next generation. Now we're seeing games at seventy for PS Five. Um, you really kind of have to weigh and balance that. You know, what's really going to be worth my money? I don't really tend to associate dollar value with time spent playing a game. So you look at something like Journey that you beat in two hours, but it was one of the most memorable, if not most memorable, gaming experiences of my life. So I paid five bucks for that or whatever and it took me two hours to beat so you do the math of you know cents and dollars that it costs per minute or hour of playtime. but then you look at something like the last of us part two i spent i spent i think 80 dollars because i got the little mini special edition thing and i spent 30 hours playing that and even if that game was like a hundred dollars or whatever i still would have bought it because it was the last of us part two so then i guess it depends on what genre it so totally for, does. for okay so then like for God of War, that's a thirty-hour game, mm-hmm. well worth the two dollars an hour. Yeah. So, what about RPGs? Does that change your outlook on time played per cost spent? Uh, yes and no. I mean, for me, RPGs nowadays, I kind of, I kind of want them to be smaller experiences. You know, taking cost out of the equation, like something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I want that game to be 12 hours and it's 60. So yeah, I don't want to pay $60 because I know I'm never going to finish the game. So bringing in cost into the equation, I'd much rather pay $15 for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, maybe play it for 15 hours, and then I pay, I basically play a dollar per hour, if that makes sense. Yeah. But something like the next Skyrim or the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I'm getting three media experiences for $60. That is a crazy value. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of 
um, it's unique to the game because something like Final Fantasy, I don't care what it costs, I'm buying the next one. And that's that's the fan base, or that's like the, the fan of me talking. Mm-hmm. I have such a history with the series. I have such confidence in what Square Enix is going to do for those games moving forward, even if they don't take it in the direction that the broader fan base wants. I know there's going to be something about that game that I'll probably like just mm-hmm. because I've played the more recent games more than I have the earlier Final Fantasies. So I have confidence that they're going to probably cater to my interests. So cost doesn't really matter at that point. Okay. So then does cost does cost matter for the older games that you're buying on eBay? What's your threshold for an older... Say you're buying the Shrek games, like we were talking about before this. Yeah. What's your threshold on saying, I want to experience Shrek to the Jankfest unleashed... Um, What's your threshold on buying an older game off of eBay? I'm guessing it's not 200 bucks. Yeah, so. I mean, that's like putting a price on nostalgia, right? So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pay $50 for Shrek 2. Okay. You know, and I got it for 7 bucks or something like that. So, it's kind of, for experiences like that, it's kind of a $10 or less mentality. Okay. But then there's PS1 games, like Disney PS1 games that I've paid 20 bucks for, 25 bucks for. And so... It's just a balancing act as a collector of what is the value of this game for me and the memories I have associated with it, or if I've never played it before, but it's a gap in my Disney PS1 collection, how much am I willing to pay to kind of complete that set? Okay, fair enough. So, good conversation there. Yeah. Appreciate you starting that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so get get on the Discord. I'd like to hear other people's thoughts about, you know, what are your thoughts, whether it's retro games, whether it's next generation games, do you associate value or do you associate dollar value with hours spent playing a game i think it's an interesting conversation and i know a lot of people have thoughts about it what do you think i mean for me it depends on the genre for sure uh platformers are harder for me to pay full price for Mm -hmm. um it's not to say i like them less it's i know bang for the buck it's not going to be the same as an rpg Mm mm-hmm um, I mean, I've probably paid too much for the Xenoblade games for how much time I've put in them with the possibility of 200 hours per game. Well, Xenoblade 2, the one that you have, is going for, like, I think over $100 now. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, something like Monster Hunter. For, I mean, within the first week and a half, I it's down to less than a dollar per hour. Monster Hunter World... And Iceborne, which is like collectively a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. I put four hundred hours into it, and easily could have put a thousand more. Um, platform like the most recent platformer I bought was Sackboy, mm-hmm. and it, it depends on the quality of the experience to know whether it was a good buy for me, and if it's something that is really going to cater to your interests, right? Yeah. Because I. I love platformers, so I was happy to go all out on the PS5's launch and buying Demon's Souls Remake, Miles Morales, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and even if I didn't get to all the games right away, I knew that it was worth it to me to buy Sackboy at $60 because I was going to get $60 worth of enjoyment even if I only spent 8 to 10 hours playing it versus Demon's Souls Remake that I paid $70 for and I'll probably end up putting 50 to 70 hours in that game. Yeah, I mean... I know the games that I buy, I'm not going to, or I am going to like 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have much. I'm going to riskily, I'm going to have a risky purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, like for me, I wouldn't buy whatever that 
Square Enix platformer was. You're not going to buy Tamarin anytime soon? Balan Wonderworld? Tamarin, uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> I'd probably buy Tamarin. Yeah. Uh, Balan Wonderworld, not up my alley, alley for 70 bucks. Yeah. That's a rusty figure that out the, when he bought it. Maybe I'll borrow it for him unless it's sold off already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ke- dude, I'm framing my copy of Balan. That thing's Are you? Oh, dude. There's going to be, there's already a shortage in copies. They can't. You're like, like I don't need like a picture of Lauren and I on the wall in our bedroom. I'm just going to have a <laughs> posted in a frame. Right above my bed. Absolutely. I need to get Yuji Naka to sign my copy. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to like the smaller games where you're like, hey, this is an easy platformer. Watch a trailer. Some of those are well worth it. Mm-hmm. Like that one like run and gun game was a ton of fun. Run and gun game. Well, the one that I spent like way more time than you did on after oh, you had the platinum. Random heroes or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. that was well worth the time. I spent a ton of time on that one. Yeah. Um But yeah, it, it, I think it's for RPGs it's different. For platformers it's different. For the story games like AAA stuff, God of War Horizon, that's well worth whatever the cost is day one. I think Ratchet and Clank for me is gonna be well worth that cost. I'm excited to try that series. Um yeah, I think it depends on the quality and what we've seen. Yeah. Like, for for me, I think I'd buy Halo Infinite at full price, um, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be on my PC until we see more of what comes out of Microsoft. But I think that one, for the nostalgia in the series, is well worth 70 bucks, 80 bucks. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I already I already pre-ordered my copy of Halo Infinite. Yeah, and you have your uh, Master Chief keeping you company over there. I do. Yeah. Um, who knows when you get that copy? But at least you got Master Chief. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, great conversation. I didn't expect to have a little dovetail there, but it was good. Yeah, it's good. Oh, get in the Discord if you're not already in there. Little link in the show notes. Would love to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, but the final game I played this week, I mentioned it earlier. I got the platinum in Raven Sword Shadowlands. And that was my 49th Platinum. And Ridiculous. I know Platinums are meaningless, and there's actually a great friend of the show recently joined the Discord. Devil May, Pi- Devil May Pie is his username, <laughs> or uh, Danny is his uh, RL name. And he recorded a video on YouTube recently because he got his 100th platinum it's even more ridiculous you yeah. are falling behind i know <laughs> i know if there's if there's someone i need to catch up to now it's it's got to be uh danny i got to catch up with uh do you know what level he is it's like 450 or something crazy like that. what are you now 383 god fucking <laughs> i need to adopt him as my brother-in-law <laughs> like you suck <laughs> i know i'm dropping the ball over here um but he recorded a great video on youtube of like why he wanted to reach that milestone. Is he going to keep going? What do trophies mean to him? What goals or what restrictions did he set for himself when getting platinum trophies? Because he didn't play some of the stupid janky stuff I did, like Thunder Pals or, you know, Frog Jumps a Lot or (laughs) the ridiculous stuff that I've played over the years. And it was really interesting, but it also kind of made me think, you know, his 100th platinum was um, near replicant. Because he was okay. a huge fan of the original game on the PS3, and he wanted to have a, a really great game that meant a lot to him as the 100th Platinum. And I don't know if I'll ever get to 100 Platinum trophies, but for 50, I thought, what's a game in my library that I haven't polished off yet that is doable, isn't too much of a grind, is not in any way going to corrupt my enjoyment of my first time playing the game? 
and obviously the games that started coming to mind were stuff like Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. you know, and the first two Kingdom Hearts games, I think would just be way too much of a grind. I don't, I think you have to beat the games on the harder difficulties. I hate difficulty trophies, especially on a game like Kingdom Hearts where I've never played on Proud or Critical. I never intend to do so. I play the games on Standard because that's how I enjoy my Kingdom Hearts. I don't see anything wrong with that. And Kingdom Hearts 3 actually has a very doable Platinum. There is some grindy bits, but nothing that is going to drive a person mad. What's the hardest trophy? Is there a proud difficulty? No, there's no difficulty trophies in Kingdom Hearts 3. And so... Shit, I almost got like the full, fully <clears throat> through that game on proud. Yeah, so I have... Um, oh, you have a spreadsheet. Shit's getting serious. All right. Yeah, so the ones that I, I didn't have at the beginning of the week, I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Complete eight. adventure. Oh, about, you have to do gummy shit. I had about 16 trophies that I didn't get at the beginning of the week and so i wrote all the trophies out that i hadn't gotten and i've been following a guide for some of them and i knocked off like six trophies already this week um there's not too too many left they're going to be brutal but definitely some grinding i'm I'm gonna have to follow a number of guides to get them luckily the ultima weapons on that one because i mapped that out as well it's pretty easy um, I have, have all to, the I materials think, except for three. Did you do all the downhill like skateboarding shit? No. That one, what I would recommend because I did that one is you just do one route at a time. Yeah. Don't try to overlap. Just one route at a time. Fully complete the lap because I think that's what saves that material is when you can't get the materials and then start over. You have to fully complete the lap before you go down. Okay. So just follow a guide and say this port like it'll it'll walk you through but you can pause your game to watch a little bit like five ten seconds of the clip dude you're talking to someone who has 49 platinums trust me i've watched guides and played three all right but it's cool you don't want my help i see (laughs) i almost got that weapon yeah um no i I appreciate the help and advice ryan i really do that's cool um but something that has just really it shouldn't surprise me because I've said it before on the show that when I first played Kingdom Hearts 3, I don't want to say I was let down, but it's tough to meet the expectations of a game that you've been anticipating for like 14 years. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was kind of came away from the experience like, you know, it was good. It was a good Kingdom Hearts game. I didn't really think it was great. Uh, it's definitely not going to, um, you know, surpass my nostalgic love of the first game. And I don't even know if I liked it as much as Kingdom Hearts 2, but... But now after going back and visiting some of these worlds, I just forgot how truly beautiful and detailed the graphics are in this game. Oh, it's, uh, how far are you in the story? Are you fo- I don't know if there's like a new game plus where you can use your old save. Is there, there is. So I'm doing kind of two things. Um, I'm going through the game again um, in anticipation of playing the DLC. Okay. And so right now I'm in the Tangled world for that. But then I also was able to go back into the world and my the save that I, the save file that where I beat the game, and do all the collecting stuff because I didn't want to have to redo all of that stuff. Yeah. So I've just been some nights I'll do some nights I'm in the mood to grind out some trophies, so I'll grind out some stuff, which was where I got the six trophies. But then there's some nights where it's like I just want to play Kingdom Hearts. I just want to continue the story and progress and and kind of relive a lot of those story beats, and that's the nights that I just continue to play through. My next stuff. That actually sounds like a ton of fun. I, on my second playthrough, I got, I think, to the Betamax world. 
So Baymax. You always say Betamax. It's Betamax. Betamax. <laughs> I think that's like a prescription for like constipation. And it's Did uh, you get Betamax <laughs> plus? It's Big Hero <laughs> the 6. The laxative. Is the name of the movie. But Yeah. yeah. Baymax? Like B-A-Y? Yeah, Baymax. Okay, well. Yeah, so I got to that world. Um, that's once you get back to the parts of the Caribbean world. I I don't know if you went through that to do all the collecting stuff. I don't know if I've ever seen water look so good in a game. Oh, it's dude, it's so beautiful. It was so hard to go from that to the Assassin's Creed like black ship. Yeah, dude, not. I did the same thing because after because you, you got know, me jazzed about it and I bought it and then we were both led down <laughs> so quickly. Yeah, after uh, sailing the seas, you know, with Jack Sparrow and Donald and Goofy, I was like, and killing a bunch of Heartless with my ship. I'm like, dude, I am so down for more of this, but like a whole game centered around it. And I played back Black Flag, and I'm like, I think I played it for maybe four or five hours, and it was okay, but in direct comparison, post Kingdom Hearts three, it, it does not come close to that experience. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever do another Assassin's Creed game. Unless they remake the originals. I got like, Syndicate because Austin Winnery composed the soundtrack to that game. Have you played it? Not yet. No, it's like set in London in the 1700s or something like that. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, I'm with you. Again, Valhalla. I'm, I'm not going to play an Assassin's Creed game for 60 hours. At that point, I'm either going to replay a Final Fantasy game or I'm going to play a final fantasy game i haven't played before or something like that yeah because i think the only fun thing about the uh the roman one was there was like random assassins around the map and just like killing the assassins in janky ways to get their armor Mm -hmm. but you know me rpg guy Mm -hmm. just trying to get different like roman armor it's news Um, to me yeah yeah i'm just purely platformer (laughs) and puzzles (laughs) only puzzles (laughs) um yeah, no, that's cool. I might actually pick up because I downloaded Doom this morning. Mm. Um, Not Eternal, but the 2016 game. Yeah, the 2016 because I got the I think the collection of all the Doom games, including the 2016 game from the Tarkaran Gift Exchange. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I downloaded that, um, but now I'm feeling uh, I, I'm definitely planning on playing that next, but. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 sounds like a ton of fun. I mean, Doom is a perfect game to mindlessly go through, you know, because you're kind of in a gaming rut right now, and I think Doom is perfect for that type of mood. Uh, But I also think revisiting something like Kingdom Hearts 3 would do it for you, too. Yeah, because last night I went to bed pretty early. um, Coming off of the first day jimming back, I was pretty exhausted and wanting to get up early, walk the dog, because I can't drop him off at the parents this today. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was feeling Survivor, so I might try Survivoring um, mm. while trying to trophy hunt on Kingdom Hearts 3. Dude, hell yeah, Pearl we Islands. Can, we can uh, co-op or tag team getting a side-by-side Kingdom Hearts 3 trophies. Yeah, dude, I love it. Because, I'm yeah. again, I'm taking my PS5 to my dad's, and um, I won't have a computer, so I'm, I might be a little absent on Discord this week, but I'll be uh, I'll find a way to get those Platinum trophies. Yeah, no, that's... They're important. I mean, for me, platinum trophies. I mean, I played some of the the less prestigious, I would say, games that you've recommended. But I enjoy the shit out of like Foxy Land and oh, yeah. like some of those. That one where the knight runs forward and you do all the hop, skip, and jumps over things. Peasant Knight. Peasant Knight. Check Dude, it out. Classic. Yeah. Like ten out of ten. Oh yeah. Um, for the experience and the like, the thirty levels definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. I think in my book. Yeah. Um. 
I remember, I think we did, didn't podcast one day because we were playing Peasant Night. You came over to the old apartment and I was, you yeah. came in, I think Lauren was at the parents or something like that. This is like pre-pandemic and everything. This was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And you were like, what the hell are you playing? And I said, it's Peasant Night. Don't worry about it. We can get ready and record. And you were like, well, no, give me the control. Well, you're like, quick. I'm stuck on this level. And I was like, then we're not recording until we beat the level. That's, <laughs> I mean, a gamer law, right? There. It is. It's just logic. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think for me though, uh, it, it's a huge time investment, and I, I'm never gonna be like the most platinumed person. I'm I'd rather get it in games that I fully enjoy or enjoy enough to do everything. I hate the plan harder difficulties, similar to you, um, but like the uh, the only ones I've I'm super proud about, I platinum Horizon. Good for you. That's Which a good one. Yeah. Was a ton of fun. I did everything except I think I did everything in the DLC and the base game. There's one thing that I got that just isn't like pinging, but you it have just, to go back to the camp and like knock a bunch of targets, right? I think that was like one of the final trophies you had to get. I did do that one. Like I have yeah. the platinum. It's yeah. just in the DLC there's one like finding a like side village something which I found like it's on a like some rafts near some paintings, uh-huh. but it just didn't ping for me. Uh-huh. So it says like I have 97% done, but I still have the platinum. That that platinum I'm really proud of because I love the shit out of that game when I got my PS4. So good. And then I did Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1. You should be really proud of those. I, I'm really proud of Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 1 was a ton of fun. I gl- like to run through it on four or five different accounts i like leveled myself up a ton yeah but still be doing all the collection of every spell every miracle i feel like you were grinding out the dark souls 3 platinum for like months yeah i was because the last one was t- it was because it was you have to get 108 rings over new game plus three yeah and that's where you had to beat um Hopefully you're picking up the bird noises outside too. Yeah, it's better than the people like spraying your driveway, which I thought was going to be picked up. Yeah, they finished that work. It's all good. Yeah. No, I'm really proud of those. I think those are the only main platinums I got. Um, I started Kingdom Hearts 1, but yeah, there's no way. You got, I thought you got ukulele that last week. Didn't, didn't you beat ukulele and get the platinum like last week? Oh, that was on the PS4 that I got destroyed suddenly on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't have that account anymore. <laughs> uh, figures. Figures. Yeah, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts, great game to start up again. Definitely. But uh, what about you, man? What have you been playing this week? Really not much. I, uh, I think I played RuneScape last weekend and then maybe Monday. But after that, I just... With how busy my week was, I didn't really feel like playing anything after work, um, so I just didn't. I, I've had Fast and the Furious. You let me the full collection. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you're done recording that for Box Office Bliss. Yep. Shout out. Heck yeah! What's up, Box Free Office Marketing. Bliss? Uh, we have Hobbs and Shaw. I think we just released, and then we have the reunion episode coming out soon, and we also are going to be seeing Fast 9, F9, if you will, in theaters June 25th, I think is the date. And then Josh and I will hopefully record a, a recording. We will record an episode shortly after watching the movie with our fresh impressions, breaking down the crazy n- nonsense that will inevitably go down in that movie. But yeah, check out Box Office Bliss. We'll be starting season two, uh, I guess, probably in about two months as well. So check us out on the podcasting apps. Cool. So I've had Fast 6. 
I think for like a month at this point. Okay, if we're going to talk about the Fast and Furious movies, at least get the naming conventions right. It's Fast and Furious 6, all right? Fast is the short, cool, slangy version of Fast and the Furious. It is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, shut up. I'm a fast... Enthusiast. Is there like is there a fast fans like name? Yeah, it's Fast Family. Fast is that really? <laughs> Please don't tell me that's true. Yeah, dude. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> God, I feel lamer just hearing that. Okay, so I'm part of the Fast Family now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, these movies are insane. So yeah. we're gonna spoil shit for. I think we s- talked about the first five. Yeah, so um, now the it's last couple episodes. six, seven in Fate of the Furious. So yeah. spoilers if you haven't seen these movies. Dude, so this morning, I wa- so I watched maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, uh-huh. or Thursday, I watched them. And this morning I was sitting there, I took Nala for a walk, and as I was waiting for you to wake up, I was like, what the fuck happened in those three movies? I was like, I know sh- things happened because the plot progressed, but I couldn't distinguish those three movies. Yeah. And, like, trying to pull them apart, I just know cars happened mainly. But here's how I distinguish them. So, the first one has to do with the, like, the it's the plane movie. Because you had that giant plane scene at the end. You mean six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Seven is God's Eye. Because whatever. And then the last one is the submarine. Yes. So, as far as my opinion on Fast and the Furious, I I enjoy them for the most part. They're they're not trying to be masterpieces of cinema. No, they're kind of just these. Let's just see women dancing. Let's do fast cars, fast women, stupid stunts. No real plot that makes sense. I mean, everyone's dying. Everyone's coming back. This is like supernatural. Like, I feel like angels are pulling these people out of hell for like the 40th time. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. Dom's died four times at this point, it feels like. How'd you like that scene when he, you know, drives out of the cockpit in the flames and somehow survives that nonsense? Dude, I don't know. Like, so the first, okay, so number six, uh, this has to deal with the guy who is in the Hobbit movies, or he's in that uh, Dracula movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude who shoots the Black Arrow. It's is his name Hobbs as well. There's yeah, two Hobbs. No, he's Shaw. He's so there's Deckard Shaw and other Shaw. Oh, the, okay. So Hobbs is the bit or is the Rock. Hobbs is the Rock. And then yeah. Shaw. Okay, because I was like, he's either Hobbs or Shaw. <laughs> I've I've heard of that movie title. So he's the Shaw. He's one of the Shaws. The Shaw. So this Shaw. Like, oh, that movie, okay, so that, the plot is coming back to me, kind of. Okay. So this one, I think it was five, Dom's girlfriend dies. I don't know her name. It's Lost Girl. Mm-hmm. Lost Girl dies because they went into battle against some, like, Asian gang or Mexican cartel or who knows. And then, like, all of a sudden, she's alive again because she was, like, she got thrown into a ditch and then she lost her memory. So it's now amnesia mm-hmm. lost girl and she's part of this group who wants to i don't know their motivations because it's doesn't really matter no one does right yeah no one does and then you got gina carana who is gina gina carano her the girl from mandalorian yeah she is less bulky 
This is she like was, yeah. yeah, this is like pre bulk, like pre steroids Gina Carana mm-hmm. before she took on the rocks routine. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And she's on the good side, she's helping the rock get the crew back together. They're trying to get immunity because I guess they stole a hundred million dollars in the fifth one. And yeah, I think then like Gina Carana changes sides and like then Lost Girl becomes back to the rock side with the the good family gang. Yeah, and then they're they're I don't know what they stole, but like they're chasing after a plane and they're like harpooning this plane as if, if it was like some sperm whale flying into the like sky. And then like Wonder Woman, she just like starts like Matrix shooting off her guns to save Asian dude Han. Yeah, Han. And then, like, she dies, apparently. She, I didn't see her in the next couple. Yeah, she's... Yeah. It's probably when she it probably uh, butted up against Wonder Woman. I don't think she's really dead. I think... I think uh, No one's really dead in the Fast and the Furious. I think Giselle will come back. I think well, because uh, Han, he he's in the trailer for number nine. He's back. He's back, baby. <laughs> he's died twice. <laughs> What's back? What's good? What's good? Um. So, yeah, that one kind of ends, and Dom, they blow up the plane... Dom comes out of the plane and everyone's back together. And I think they, is that when they get the house back? I think that's when they get the house back. Uh huh. Yeah, like that's the, where they're having the barbecue at the end of the film. Yeah. So yeah, they got the gang back together. They got their original Fast and the Furious one house, and they're having barbecues. Everyone's happy. Everyone's got amnesia. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into seven, which is God's eye, which is <laughs> where plot gets even more stupid. So. And this is not to say, like, the first, like, one, it's down to earth. Like, right? You got Brian and Dom, mm-hmm. two rivals. Uh, Brian's a, a guy running around with the cops. He's a cop trying to infiltrate the Dom gang, the family. In the first movie, yeah. Yeah, in the first one. This is, okay, so this is this is the baseline of what reality should be for these movies. Yeah. Cop inf- infiltrates... Uh, car stealing gang yeah turns out he saves the gang but he's a narc he's trying to get them to go to jail and then they race off into the sunset and lets dom go away mm-hmm. nothing crazy by six you have planes just harpoons like with a rock where <laughs> the hell did eye. he come from god's eyes in there. Yeah. yeah now now we move into <clears throat> obscene you got god's eye what is god's eye it's basically Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Like, you can pinpoint anyone on the map from every camera, every angle, every pixel of every TV. Like, you know where everyone's at. And I think this one started out with Shaw number two wreaking vengeance for Shaw number one, who's in the hospital after Fast and the Furious 6. Yeah, I think that's right. And then they introduced people from Game of Thrones, Khaleesi's side chick. Oh yeah, she's in this. Yeah, so she's like the 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 coder for the God's Eye. She's mm-hmm. like the mastermind. So like Dom, they're they're on this crazy car chase. They oh, this is the fucking parachutes out of planes <laughs> with the cars just flying to earth, and then they, they like they they ignite their uh, uh, parachutes. Uh-huh. They tr- slowly drift their like six ton vehicles into the mountains. They're going around chasing this Jeep. Uh, Brian runs up a uh, like a 
giant vehicle that's flying off a cliff, and then Dom's surrounded. He's got Khaleesi's side chick. They don't know what they're going to do. And he's like, you know what the best idea to do is? Let's just run our car off a cliff. So they just plummet off a cliff. He's got a roll cage, because that apparently saves you. And then they come out unscratched. And that's a common thing that happens in these movies. Dom is just a tank. He's invincible. He doesn't take... Like, I don't know if he's made out of, like, adamantium or, like, he's got diamond skins, but he should have at least a little break. Well, he... Like, his neck... He got pretty beat up uh, in Fast Five when him and Hobbs... It was, like, an all-out beatdown for, like, five straight minutes. Yeah, because Hobbs is, like, coked out on HGH, like, (laughs) since he was three. That's probably true. And I think this is the one... So, eventually, I think... Some oh yeah so then Shaw number two uh, gangs up with like a cart like a Nigerian cartel gang who get the God's Eye I don't remember how but then there's like an attack helicopter and the rocks injured and they're getting chased and they need the God's Eye or like to hack the God's Eye helicopter and then the helicopter like releases a drone. And then Shaw and Dom are, like, facing off on, like, a... Uh, parking garage. A parking garage. And you're like, oh, cool. This will be fun. He's like, the only one who lives... Something about streets. No, he says... That's one of my favorite lines in the entire series. He's like, you know the thing about street fights? The street always wins. And then he stomps on the parking garage and it collapses. Yeah, so this is after they go on a full, like... Dom, I think, has a gun. And then he's like, you know what? This is, like, a brawl. This is, like, a street brawl. Throws it down, gets like a wrench or two wrenches, and Shaw's got like machetes, and they're just going at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is nuts. And then the rest of the gang is being chased by a drone, getting blown up, and the Rock's like, ha ha, I'm going to enter the fight now. And he's got a cast on one arm and just fucking rips it off. <laughs> and I was like, what are you... F- I Because I knew it was coming. You got the angle up on him, on his buff bod. And he just rips it off, and he's like, I'm ready, daughter. <laughs> like, fucking God of War enters the fray. No, he says, it's a little bit, uh, it's like, uh, I guess, like the Disney version of God of War, because he says, daddy's got to go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. And then, like, it's like just 80s, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger shit, like, kind of line. Yeah. So he, like, I think he runs an ambulance off a bridge, takes down a drone, and then, like, rips off the <laughs> chain gun. And then he, like, he's running around with a chain gun from a helicopter, shooting it at the helicopter as he's taking, like, fire from them. The bullets don't penetrate the rock. Yeah, man. no, of course not. They just bounce off. And then Dom and Shaw, too, are, like, punching each or like, beating each other up on the bridge. And then he, fu- Dom Earth bends the bridge <laughs> down and it collapses on Shaw. He's alive, by the way, after he takes an entire, like, parking garage to the face. Oh, you'll see him in Fate of the Furious. Don't worry about it. And then I think they get the God's Eye back. I don't remember how that one ends. How does Seven end? Seven? So, basically, before Dom runs the car off the parking garage to throw a bunch of grenades onto the helicopter. (laughs) It's as ridiculous as it sounds. (laughs) 
He, uh, so dumb. The Rock basically tells him, don't miss. Because I think earlier in the film, or maybe in a previous movie, Dom missed his target or something like that. Sure. So he attaches the backpack full of grenades, and The Rock sees it. So he pulls out his colossal giant magnum. And oh, yeah. Unloads, like, six bullets and shoots the grenades. And that's when the <coughs> helicopter collapses. Dom is seemingly potentially dead because, obviously, his car crashed. They pull him out of the car. It's a really emotional scene because then uh, Lost Lady is then gets her memory back. Oh, yeah. Is remembers well, that they got married. Well, but there's no suspense because you're like, oh, no. He he uh, he ran off a, a jump with grenades and he blew up a helicopter and then he hit, crashed his car. It's like he literally fell down a mountain previously in this movie <laughs> and walked away with no scratches. You're like, okay. Like, yeah. of course. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I've got my memory back, so we were once married. I was like, wasn't he just with Thor's wife? They, like, yeah, I mean, you'll find they, out next movie they had a baby yeah, together. Yeah, so surprise going into number eight where it gets... Well, hold on a second, because we can't not talk about... We can't talk about Furious 7 and not talk about the final scene. See you again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is about the time that Paul Walker mm-hmm. dies in real life, like midway through. And as far as the... I think there's only one scene, and it's right before, like, the main montage of, like, helicopters, drones, and shit, where they're looking out over the city, and they're like, this is it. We need to go get God's eye. That's the only scene that you can really tell that there's CGI. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, on the last scene, when they're driving off, it's a sentimental kind of send-off with Dom and uh, Brian or Paul Walker as they go separate highways, and it was a really nice, beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Um at this point after like i saw that scene before i'm like that's a good way to end this yeah now i have context but i think the only scene that you can really see like jarring cgi is where they're looking out over this like the city and they're kind of going over their master plan and uh brian's not really talking he's kind of just looking straight with no emotion yeah and they frame it in such a way that it's kind of a close-up on everyone else with really quick shots down Brian's way. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, I mean, you don't, you can't really tell. Um, I mean, there's scenes where you can tell that the rock psych doubles there, or, um, what's his face, Dom. Like you, there's some scenes in number eight where you can definitely tell that that was a CGI uh, stunt double. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, great ending to Seven. Definitely heartwarming and sad. Um, and like they even reference, I think at number eight, uh, we sh- maybe we can call Brian and then Lost Girl's like, no, we can't do that. We can't ask for him. Like pull him out of the life. Because the way that they frame it is his wife, Dom's sister, daughter, sister? Dom's sister. Sister, yeah. Is having a second kid and this is kind of getting him out of the life and they kind of they were playing on a beach and then they rode off into the sunset yep so <coughs> send six or seven ends in a great way and then they got to up the ante and that's kind of the main trend coming out of one um all the way to now it, the the craziness kind of ramps up after the giant heist yeah where they're pulling a, a thing in number five and then they're like let's just go crazy yeah and then it, after five it kind of lost reality even though five's not in reality (laughs) none of them are but yeah yeah so number eight this is the 
I don't even know. So basically Dom is in Puerto Rico or some Caribbean world. <laughs> He's in Kingdom Hearts. He went to Caribbean world. He's on Naboo now. Yeah. It's fine. And they like apparently is a cousin there and they do some like race and he's like racing this piece of junk and it's on fire and then he beats this like souped up car and he's like, You keep your car, bro. Um, to this dude to make friends with the islanders. And then I don't know the actress's name. Charlize Theron. Sure. Her. She um like she's got like uh dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. What and, a haircut. Yeah, so dreadlock girl happens to be uh Khaleesi's side girl's like nemesis hacker. <laughs> exactly. And she's like Dreadlocks is just like the OP hacker. She's got like a invisible plane, basically like Wonder Woman, stays off all the radars. She controls cars and they become zombie cars that's like that can fly out of buildings. Yeah, pretty much. Uh spoilers, that's gonna happen in a second. And uh, (laughs) so she goes up to Dom or she's in his like pathway to get like where he's on his way to work or to get crumpets or something. She's like, I know what you're getting from your orders and stuff. Watch this video. And then you see Dom. He's kind of like flustered. And she's like, I need you to do whatever I want. I want you to turn against your friends. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is going to be an interesting plot. I'm sure it's grounded in reality. So obviously the squad and the rock and I think I don't know if Shaw too is at in this one at this point, but they're the I think it's the Rock and the main family are trying to steal an EMP. Of course they are out of like a military base and wherever God knows where, because <laughs> obviously yeah. And like the Rock and Dom go off and they're like we'll deliver the goods, and then Dom crashes the Rock and steals the EMP and they get sucked into the back of a plane and flies off into wherever. Dominic Toretto plane. has gone rogue. Yeah, so like he gives the EMP to Dreadlocks, and then you see what the motivation of this, like him going rogue is, is it has Thor's girlfriend and <laughs> his wife. You've created nicknames for all these people. Yeah, I don't know their names. I know Dom, and apparently I know Brian. Yeah. So Thor's wife and Dom's baby... She's his baby daddy mm-hmm. from when Lost Girl was dead. Surprise, Lost Girl's not angry about this at the end, but she he's got a kid now. They're in the plane, captured. I don't know when this took place, but Dreadlocks took his girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend and son. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so we got an EMP. What we need now is God's Eye. So the Rock goes to jail... Meets up with Shaw 2, have a giant fight scene. Shaw 2 is good now and is on the squad. Pretty much, yeah. And then they get attacked with some like sonic wave missile grenades. <laughs> and they're all discompli- or, uh, they're all incapacitated. Dom starts making out with dreadlocks in front of Lost Girl. <laughs> and she's pissed because they're married from the last movie. <laughs> and yeah, so they steal God's Eye, and now they're like, okay, we got God's Eye. We're good. So we got EMP, God's Eye. What do we need next? Nuclear codes. <laughs> so they're like, all right, so in wherever the town, wherever the town is, there's a Russian like line of vehicles like from an ambassador that obviously has the nuclear football. 
we got to get it. So Dom goes to, I think it was New York, maybe. And Dom, he ha- he's having some car troubles. He goes into back alley. He's like, I'll fix it. And he's on all these cameras because obviously dreadlocks has God's eye. <laughs> and he puts the hood up. He's being all suave. And then the Jamaican dude who from the original race in Puerto Rico pulls up a vehicle that you find out later. Oh, yeah. And blocks all the cameras. And Dom goes off to meet with Shaw's mother. Helen Mirren. Yes, sure. So he makes a deal with the Shaw brothers' moms. Mom. And, uh, <laughs> they have many. Yeah, all the moms. And then he gets back in the car. He's like, yo, nothing happened. We're all good. I've been here fixing my car the entire time. So then we're still trying to get the nuclear codes at this point. He's back on mission. He ends up running into the old family that he's betrayed. Everyone's there, and then they have um, what's his face's son? Um, they got a new agent helper. Oh, Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's son's there. Eastwood. He sucks ass at driving. Yeah, he screws up the plan. Uh, he looks exactly like his father. He does, except not as old. Yes, very true. <laughs> Didn't Clint Eastwood just come out with like a like the Mule, where he had like a threesome at like the age of ninety three? I don't. No. Watch the Mule, guys. It's I, Clint Eastwood naked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a movie? Yeah, it's. I think Clint Eastwood's in the like. It's called The Mule, and he's like a drug runner for a cartel. And then I think he wrote the script, but he has like two threesomes in it. Clint still getting after it. Yeah, ninety four. Wow. So anyway, um, after the, they're trying to go for the nuclear codes, Dom escapes obviously. And then they're like, okay, so Dom's under attack from the old family. What are we going to do? So they're going to hijack every car in the like, vicinity and make them zombie cars. So they're driving themselves. And like this is like a CGI mess <laughs> of just hundreds of cars just flying around. And then they end up hijacking cars in like a parking garage. And they're, like, flying out, taking down vehicles. And once the uh, Russian ambassador is trapped in his vehicle with all these zombie cars around him, Dom comes out looking like fucking Bane from Batman with, like, a Jaws of Life chainsaw. (laughs) And you're like, what is going on? He's got, like, a Bane mask. And he walks out, just jacked as shit. Starts cutting into, he's like, I'm going to kill you all, give me the codes. And then they're like, oh shit, he's serious. And they just hand him the codes. And then some stuff happens, I don't know. And then all of a sudden they're in Siberia with Lamborghinis, the family is. And Dom's there with, I, I what's his name, Beard Guy from Game of Thrones? Like Torment. a ginger? Torment. Torment. Torment's there. So they're trying to use the nuclear codes... On a submarine that's in Siberia. And so the reason that they have the MP, the MP is to get into this base. They get into the base. Dom's just flying around with his bulletproof vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then they get into the sub, start the sub, and they're ready to launch the nukes. And then you got the main team. The family comes in. We're like, we need to stop this. So they got Hacker Girl. She's shutting down the machine. She has like a, a hack off with uh dreadlocks and uh khaleesi's side girl and it kind of just goes off off the rail they're like 
I don't know. They're shooting torpedoes after the the sub escapes, and they shut down the nukes. And then Dom comes back to the other side once sh- there's a plane scene with Shaw's the both Shaw's. They go into the plane, rescue the kid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the second the kids rescue or rescue Dom kills Tormin. Yeah, he does. Joins the family, and they're being chased by a sub. They, I think they release a, like, a heat-seeking tomahawk missile at Dom. (laughs) He's like, leave without me. And the family veers off left, and Dom goes off right. He's evading this missile, turns around, launches over the sub, and then the missile hits the sub and blows up. And you're like, shit, he's going to roast. And then all the other cars come around him and create a like a heat shield with their vehicles because obviously, dude, he's protected by family, you know. Yeah, the the power of love. I think you described it as like Voldemort and uh, Lily Potter. Exactly. Yeah. So now Dom has a uh, thunderbolt scar <laughs> <laughs> on his very bald, very forehead esque head. Yes. Um. So then, obviously, you have to end this movie with brunch or like some type of rooftop barbecue Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to this rooftop and the shaw brothers are down from their like plane excursions and he's like here bro you're cool i'm cool here's your baby we're both bald yeah (laughs) and yeah and then like lost girls cool with like this other girl's baby and i think they just like look off into the sunset and that's uh fast eight Pretty much, man. Yeah, so great movies. Uh, <laughs> could definitely happen uh, so, in the real world. Overall, you know, you've you've seen the 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 more grounded storytelling, as grounded as you can be in Fast and Furious, with like the first five movies. Yeah, Tokyo Drift could happen, and then you've seen it completely derail from that and become kind of this espionage, Mission Impossible, Michael Bay, Transformers type series. Which one do you prefer, and are you excited to see F9? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited to see F9. Like, okay. I I fully expect just ridiculousness, and I'm, I love it. Um, I kind of compartmentalize the two sets of movies because they're completely different genres. Yeah. Um, one's like a crime cop thriller, probably for the first five. And then afterwards, it's like almost similar to the genre of like a hack and slash where it's just mindless fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them both equally, probably. Okay. I, I had fun with the, I mean, the plot in the first five, if you didn't have the well-established characters or the camaraderie and the growth in those characters in the first five, the back six through eight and probably nine would just be stupid. Like, yeah. it, it wouldn't make any sense. You wouldn't care about them. They'd be horrible movies. It would be funny if, and I, not that I would have wanted to do this with you, but someone that has no context to Fast and Furious, doesn't know who Vin Diesel is, doesn't know who Paul Walker is, doesn't know who Michelle Rodriguez is, they know nothing about these films. If you showed them the first movie, and then you put in Furious 7, the seventh one, mm-hmm. and they have no context, Connects, they don't... Connect the plot. <laughs> and that you just you just tell them, like, this is, you know, five years after the events of the first movie. And they're just like, okay. And they just, like, they see the contrast, the juxtaposition between Fast and Furious, or the Fast and Furious, and Furious 7. And it's like, okay, so we go from trying to cross a railroad track before the train hits us to 
parachuting out of airplanes with our cars. (laughs) Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's a big leap. I watched someone who, I think one of the YouTube channels I had mentioned a long time ago, that one guy who reviews movies, he did that with, he watched the first episode of Pretty Little Liars and then the finale of Pretty Little Liars. And he's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, characters are dead. Like, some of them are married. Like, yeah, that would be an interesting to see because the jump in the scale of those movies. I mean, the budget's probably tenfold yeah, easily. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great movies. Um, a hell of a time. Well, I'm glad you took the journey. I have to get Lauren to sit down and watch them all with me, too, because obviously when we started Box Office Bliss, or when I started it with Josh, Frantic, friend of the show, you can find him out there on the internet as well. Um, I knew you two hadn't seen these movies, but I wanted to get you on board. One, to to watch them along with us, but then kind of hear us, who were tremendous fans. We've been watching them since the first movie when it released 20 years ago. You know, how your thoughts as a newcomer to the series would compare to us, who were, were nostalgic for the first movie at this point. Yeah. You know? Um. After watching the original, or like all of them through... Because like, I watched Hobbs and Shaw, I think, on my plane ride to Japan. Yeah. I had zero context, so I'm like, it's The Rock and Jason Statham. I've seen them in other things. I kind of... I knew what to expect with A Fast and the Furious. Um, So, I, I mean, I should probably watch that one again. I don't know if you have that one. Or did you rent it? I don't. I rented that one. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll have to rent that, maybe. But... I don't think that really... It was just kind of a side plot, and it was just camaraderie bef- between those two. I, I remember them on a plane, and then, like, The Rock had to go through some corridor with no one, but there was some glass, and he watched Shaw just rip through people. Yeah. Um, that's the extent of what I remember. Yeah. Um, plot happens. I'm sure it just just opens up the world and makes it so much more depth to that universe. Yeah, I'm not sure how it, they're going to connect the or tie that story and its its events into something like F9 uh, just because of the drama between Vin Diesel and The Rock. But I, if if it's to be believed that Do Fast, they have a ton of beef? Yeah, that's kind of why they were supposed to, I think, tease Hobbs and Shaw at the end of 8 in a post-credit scene, but they didn't have a post-credit scene in that movie because there was so much beef between the two. And I remember The Rock specifically posting on his Instagram account as they're wrapping up filming saying, like, Nothing gets me more, my blood boiling more than, you know, playing Hobbs in the Fast and Furious movies. Blood boiling in the sense that he loves playing the character. He loves just, you know, being that character for the Fast family that loves the series. But he also kind of said in his note that you're going to see certain scenes where I'm not my full self. And then he kind of alludes to the fact that, you know, ego's got in the way because when you have two brawly, you know, smoking hot men in the same room together... Yeah, it, I think what I've heard is contractually they can only lose certain fights or, like, I think Vin Diesel can't lose at all mm-hmm. because he's just an overpowered character. Well, and, you I, know, I think it's contractually there. Like, The Rock can't lose either because he's a beast. And, like, they, the problem is I get it because that's what The Rock markets himself in in all of his movies is, like, I'm this jacked, like, tank of a man Vin Diesel is two, so if they're losing fights, then it kind of tarnishes their brand. Yeah, for sure. So, I get it, but it, it sucks that, like, it, the only reason they would have to lose a fight would be if they fought each other, and they haven't done that since... Fast what, Five. Like, was it Five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I now, don't know. they've been on the same team. I think what's going to end up happening is, you know, they're going to surrender their pride for the betterment of the fan base and the series coming to a, a quote unquote close. If it's to be believed that the 10th movie is going to be split into two parts to okay. kind of conclude this overarching saga. Uh, I think Hobbs will definitely be in those installments because at this point, if there's a character still alive in the Fast family, there's no reason they shouldn't be in those movies, especially for off-screen drama. Well, I mean, okay, so since now Vin Diesel has the power of love and the Voldemort's, Voldemort's scar, yeah, and we're going to have nine, and then we have ten in two parts, that's obviously the last Harry Potter movie. Yep, so there's going right. to be a battle for Hogwarts in the last movie <laughs> yeah. in the sky in space because that's been teased as well. So that makes this one the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Which so, means uh, we have to have a serious black equivalent character pass away. Yeah. It might be Lost Girl. but She's died. We've She's died, she come died, back. come back. Had amnesia. Han died have... twice. Yeah. Um. I mean, as far as this one, maybe the Ministry of Magic was the sub that oh. was sunk. I mean, they yeah. destroyed the Ministry of Magic. That's when they, right. When yeah. destroyed all the prophecies. So maybe the nuke and the sub was like a metaphor for the Ministry of Magic. Great parallel. Yeah. So they're obviously trying to destroy Horcruxes. And maybe Vin Diesel's brother is one of the final. Maybe he's Nagini. Maybe he's the he, final Horcrux. He has, yeah, he's probably Nagini. Yeah. Um. So where the Resurrection Stone is, they probably used it at least three times <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So maybe they resurrect Well, dude, Wonder the Woman. Resurrection Stone is the cross necklace that he wears around his oh, neck. Oh, yeah. Because remember, yeah. he gave it to Glossley. Yeah, and he got it out of the <laughs> snitch originally, That's... which was, yeah. So I, I think they used the Resurrection Stone to bring back Wonder Woman. And she kind of, because Wonder Woman 2 is done. Mm-hmm. So she she's able to be filming. I think her schedule's open. Yeah, should be freed up. Um, so yeah, they resurrect her, and then they go to Hogwarts, and then they prepare for the final battle. And, uh, we don't need that camping shit. The, Fast and the Furious is way past camping. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're not going to have uh, episode part one of the final movie mm-hmm. be camping. But they could be camping in space. Could be, yeah. You just never Mars know. camping could be intense with, like, lower gravity. Dude, the Shit. possibilities are limitless. Yeah. I can't wait. But it'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. F9. We'll go see it in theaters. It'll be good. But uh, I'm glad you liked it. Glad you finally watched the movies. But uh, I think, Ryan, we're probably ready to wrap this episode up. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready. I am uh, sweating so bad right now. It is, like, <laughs> I can gross. I can see the air in here. Yeah, <laughs> it it's, is really... it's musky. Yeah, um, but before we wrap things up, I do want to tease next week's episode. So one of the other ideas that Ryan and I had, we've been cooking up, is this thing called Destiny Island Challenge. So staying with the Kingdom Hearts theme of things in terms of naming conventions, it's kind of one of those age-old questions that people ask on podcasts and you know gaming forums. You know, when you're on a desert island and you can only take three games with you, what three games would you choose? Well, Ryan and I are going to kind of blow that idea up and do this thing called Destiny Island Challenge, where every single time we do the segment, we're going to pick a console. And, you know, we're going to go way back all the way to, you know, the first generation of consoles with the Fairchild F and the Ataris of the world, all the way up to now with PlayStation 5 and Series X and Switch. Like, we're going... 
That's why we could tap into this whenever with whoever we want to, if we want to bring on a particular guest that has a fondness for a particular console. So we don't have a console locked in for next weekend, but how it's all going to play out is, you know, there's so many consoles out there that if you look at the history of video game consoles, my guess is that you probably wouldn't know like 80% of them. You know, there's so many. So it's an opportunity for Ryan and I to have a little bit of a history lesson ourselves, but we've talked about it before. This is an educational program. So we are going to have a little history lesson for all of you guys to talk about maybe the Fairchild F or the Gizmondo or the N-Gage or the, you know, Virtual Boy. Whatever console it is, we're going to do a little bit of a history lesson when it came out how it was received, and then we're each going to pick five games, you know, tying it back to the the island challenge thing. If we were on a desert island with this particular console, what five games would we want to spend the rest of our lives playing? So it's a chance for us to kind of explore the library for the console, you know, best games for the system, hidden gems for the console, and we're not going to talk leading up to this, uh, what games we choose. So there might be some overlap. Mm -hmm. We might pick five completely different games. We might pick the five same games. Regardless, I think it'll make for some really fun discussion. I think it'll be a great chance for both us to kind of broaden our horizons as it relates to video games, maybe potentially hurt my pockets a little bit with my eBay purchases. (laughs) But hopefully it's an opportunity for everyone else to learn something uh, as it relates to the crazy realm of video game consoles And uh, hopefully some of you will play along. You know, if we pick, you know, the Nintendo Entertainment System, for instance, most people can probably rattle off three to five games for that system. So what five games would you choose? Another great opportunity for people to get in the Discord, join the discussion, talk about all the fun stuff that they would uh, play on whatever console we choose to talk about. Yeah, it'll be a good time. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope all of you will consider tuning in for that as well. But as we always do here in the closing remarks, we really want to thank everyone for continuing to support the show, continuing to listen to the show, continuing to uh, share the show with your friends, because podcasts kind of live and die on word of mouth. So if you want to go over to the old Apple iTunes, drop us a review, rate us five stars, we'd really appreciate it. It just increases the chances of more people listening to the show, more friends of the show, more people joining the Otaku Brothers community. And that is what we're all about here. So... Thank you, everyone, once again, so much for listening. As we always do on this podcast, I turn it back to my co-host here and ask him, Ryan, you got any parting words for the listeners this week? Yeah, so I got my interesting fact for this week. Oh. And uh, so back in 1810, there was this, uh, was it albino sperm whale named Mocha Dick that through the course of like 20 years, like 1810 to 1830... He took down like a maybe like twenty plus whaling ships. Wow! Um, his name was Mocha Dick, okay. not Moby Dick, and he was named Mocha Dick because Mocha is the name of the Chilean island that he was first seen next to. Interesting. And uh, Herman Melville, like pretty closely, based Moby Dick off of this whale. So it was actually a real real whale called Mocha Dick changed it to Moby, and then pretty much everything else is the same. Interesting. And it, the Mocha Dick was actually known for, one, taking down like 20 ships, but then also he had a vengeance to protect his pod, I think is what they, they're called, like the family of females and like everyone with the whales with him. But 
if he got harpooned, he would actually go after the like person who harpooned him. So he had a vengeance. So wow. very similar to what Moby Dick with Captain Ahab, who like he ate him and once he got harpooned or ate his, I think his leg or his hand or whatever. Dude, that's fascinating. Yeah. So I didn't know it was based off a real thing, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I Good wonder stuff. if a uh, thousand leagues under the sea is actually based off of real stuff. But. Could be. You never know. Well, uh, Ryan's dropping the fascinating facts every single week. That's why you get to listen to the whole show, not just up until the closing remarks. We still got interesting stuff until the credits roll. And, you know, we always got to cap out the show, fade it out with some some good tunes, right? Yeah. All right. For sure. Well, everyone, again, I've said it about 15 times at this point. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Be well. Stay healthy. Hug your loved ones. And get outside and get some of that vitamin D.
Cause we cry.